Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. I'm so happy because this week I have a special guest, somebody who actually I work with on a regular basis. It's a new relationship that we have together over the past couple of months, a relationship that I've needed for a really, really long time. And we're going to talk about all of it. So I would love to welcome to the podcast my social media manager, Cynthia Baker of Saga House. Welcome, Cynthia, to the podcast. Welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Awesome. Hi, Gina. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm so grateful that you're helping me with my social media because I needed help. Like it was way too much to manage. So thank you. Well, I love working with you. I keep on telling everybody every time I just like working on your captions and that you create, they're so dynamic that I learn from them every single time. So just so you know, they inspire me before they're even posted. We have our our, like system. Well, Cynthia has the system, but we have our system and uh, shared albums. They have like hundreds of my captions and they get to go through and it's, it's almost like letting someone read my diary, which is kind of cool, but um, it's been amazing. And Cynthia is the owner of Saga House, but we'll talk about Saga House in a little bit. I want you guys, our listeners to learn about Cynthia, because when I heard her bio, I was like, She's a badass motherfucker. I was like, I'm listening. Um, and I think that you guys should hear uh, just just everything she's done in this industry. And I'm going to let you take it away. Take your time. Let them know who you are and take it away. Awesome. Well, thank you, Gina. I've actually um, been in the beauty industry since I was 15 years old. So I was 15 years old and my mom's a hairdresser. And I grew up watching my mom be a booth renter and building her clientele. And I remember at a young age, she would come um, home and she would count her cash on the dinner table. And I thought, wow, mom is rich. Like, I want to be rich like that. So at 15 years old, I took a ROP program through high school to become a hairdresser. And my hopes were that I was going to be a hairdresser and use that trade to go to college. And I really wanted to be a criminal defense attorney. That was like my jam, right? And uh, when I got into beauty school, I didn't realize how many things my mom taught me um, in the process of just watching her. So I remember one time where I was in class and in beauty school and they're like, oh, we're going to show you this technique. And I'm like, oh, that's slithering. I know how to do that. You know, and they're like, well, show the class. I'm like, okay. Um, But I think for me with hair, even though that wasn't my intention to do hair for life, uh, the transformation portion is what changed my life for hair because I would see the before and afters and the confidence in women. And I just knew that this was something I was going to do. So what happened was I ended up working at the salon my mom worked at um, before I even graduated from high school. So I graduated from beauty school before high school and started doing hair in the salon five days. Well, I would do receptionist and do hair and started building a clientele as a booth renter. And um, back in those days, it was all about like being at the salon to take walk-ins. So I would like be at the salon as like as long as possible to take every single walk-in. And that's how I built my clientele, but I still knew I wanted to go to college. So through my 
college experience, I was in college for about a year and a half um, when I, about a year and a half, and then, um, well, first of all, I opened a salon after that. I was, uh, gosh, how old was I? Yeah, I think I was 20. My daughter was born, no, I was 22 when I opened my first salon, or my only salon called Aspire in Chino, California. And um, at that time, of course, the West Coast is very like booth rent, you know, booth rental um, type. And I thought, I'm gonna open a commission salon and it's gonna be dynamic. So I opened a commission salon and uh, we had a color bar, we did all these things. We would partner with local um, nightclubs to host hair shows. So we put up our own hair shows and, you know, just do anything to market ourselves to build our clientele. And through that process, I got um, recruited um, by Matrix. And they said, you know, we were looking um, for somebody to join our, our education team. So I started working with them. And then that's where the corporate side of the beauty industry kind of like tapped me on the shoulder because there was an opening for an education manager. And um, they were like, you know, you should apply for it. And so I, I had, no, you know, my only experience was college and hair. That's it. I had nothing else business wise. And uh, so I applied for it, didn't get the job, but it was like, wait a second, there's this whole new world of corporate beauty. I didn't, nobody told me about it. So that kind of opened my eyes. So as I work with Matrix um, and have the salon, uh, I got um, hit up by another little company years later called Purology. And uh, they were looking for an education manager to work with them. And at that time, Salon Centric was called Maley's. And so I would be the liaison between Purology and Maley's uh, for their West Coast um, territory. And so I applied for the position and I got the job. And it was my first corporate job and I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know how to do like corporate sales or I just knew hair and I had a passion for it. So that really was the entry level to my corporate career. And I was with Purology for almost four years until they sold to L'Oreal. And um, during that time, it was really weird like how the universe works and I'm all about law of attraction. Uh, but that week, um, that Purology sold by coincidence, I was recruited by Joico. And I was like, I don't know, I just like, I didn't really want to leave Purology like at all. Like I loved it. But um, I had this great opportunity with Joico. So I, I left and I took that position. And that was the same exact week that Purology sold to L'Oreal and many people lost their jobs or transferred to New York. And so again, you know, sometimes it's like, whoa, that's weird. So during my tenure with Joico, I was in sales and education and had a great time there. And then I got recruited again to run a distribution company in Los Angeles. So I went from hairstylist, uh, salon owner, educator, like I feel like I've, wore, I've worn almost every hat in the industry. Um, so I became a distributor. Well, I worked for a distributor as the VP of sales and marketing. We represented over 250 beauty brands. And during that amazing experience, uh, I was able to join the PBA and be on the board. So I was, um, it was so funny because I don't know if anybody in the industry knows Harlan Kirshner, but in the corporate world, he's a, a icon and Harlan Kirshner approached me and he said, you know, I think you should apply for the PBA's board of directors. And I'm like, I don't even know what that, like, 
what that means or what that is. So I said, okay, so I applied and you have to vote. Like when you apply to be on the board for the PBA, the industry votes for you. And so I applied and I lost, I didn't get it. And so I'm like, what? Okay, that didn't work. So the next year it came again. He's like, you need to, you need to be on the board. So I'm like, okay. So I applied again, didn't get it, nothing. So then the next year Harlan said, so are you gonna apply to the board this year? And I'm like, Harlan, like it's not working. Like I understand. And uh, so I applied again and I got voted in. And I was like, you know, it just shows you that you see sometimes you just have to keep on trying to get what you want. So during that amazing experience of running a distribution company plus uh, being on the board, I kind of was at a place where I'm like, what's next in my, in my corporate career? You know, I, I wanted to do something fresh and different. And so one day I was sitting at home with my um, husband watching the Kardashians. And I told him, I said, I think I'm gonna go work for the Kardashians. And then he was like, well, that's weird. And I'm like, no, it's very, very cool. You don't even know. So I started to research the different brands that they partnered with. And I found uh, a company that was two hours um, from my house drive one way. And they were looking for a warehouse manager. So I submitted my resume to the warehouse manager position with hopes that they would then go like, I need somebody with this experience. And a few days later, I got a call and they said, we're looking for a VP of sales and marketing. And I went in and two weeks later, I got the job. And that really changed the power of social for me. And people ask me, how did you go from hairdresser to social media agency? Like, how did that transition happen? And, you know, sometimes like, again, I'm a huge believer in like law of attraction um, and putting things out there in the universe. And sometimes you just have to let those doors open and not understand why and take that leap and go through them. So <clears throat> while I was um, at that company, it was, you know, again, the power of social media and seeing how influencers and social can give you a return on investment. We call it an ROI in marketing, right? And you can, you know, do a post and somebody wants to buy something. So I thought, wow, like, I, I wonder, do other companies know how to do this? Because in our professional industry, we have a way of doing business. We have uh, distributors, we have sales reps, sales meetings, promotions. Like this is a certain thing that all of us manufacturers do, but like over and over again, right? We try to try to pick a, put a bigger bow or try to be creative, think of new ideas. But was anybody doing social media? So I started like researching the different companies. And if you've ever watched The Secret, there's a part in the beginning where she's like, I feel like I have the secret, like I need to unveil. I, it was the same feeling of the sense of, wow, I would look at all, all these major beauty companies, and this was about five years ago, they had hardly any followers. And so I'm like, OMG, coming from a sales background in our industry, they need to learn, know how to do this. So I decided one day um, that I was going to launch an agency and the way it happened was very again weird uh, i had dinner with one of my old bosses from purology uh, tony wells one of my mentors and she um, i was telling her exactly what i'm sharing with you and she said you know i'll be your first customer and i was like what 
<laughs> I like, wait a second, wait, what did I just say? <laughs> and so I said, okay. So I drove home that day, told my husband I'm quitting my job. And he's like, you're crazy again. And I said, I'm starting my own agency. And from there, it's just been dynamic. And every single customer we have had, they're all referred. We've never actually ever tried to find a customer. And uh, it's pretty exciting. And right now we work with brands from beauty. So Joico is our, um, our exclusive um, hair brand, hair color brand. And then we also work in fashion. So we work with fashion designers. We um, just launched a shoe um, company that's pretty amazing called Solsana. We work with a Jello company. So there's so many different companies beyond beauty. And we're with Gina Bianca. <laughs> um, there's so many amazing companies. And I think for me, it's um, everything that I teach or that I share is everything I learned myself. Like nobody taught me. I never, I never went to a social media training before. Like I never went to beyond going to a hair show and being in the class. You know, I am not trained in social. It's been everything has been self-taught, and um, it's been exciting. So that's a little bit about me. Literally, like I was taking notes, I was like clapping, like I love your story and like I see you, like I just relate to you so much and the one word I can like say that describes you based on that story is just resourceful. Like the company's not hiring, let me look, or I want to work for the Kardashians, let me find out how. You know what I mean? Instead of just being like, I wish I could, you like figure out a way and it's just so dope. So I wrote resourceful in huge letters. That's and awesome. then I wrote um, something that I learned at Tony Robbins. Uh, you said the you said like the secret, the law of attraction, it's destiny. Ooh. It's your destiny. And yeah. one thing that I like to think about um, when you're trying to think of where, like maybe you don't know where you're supposed to be or you're trying to figure out your destiny you sit quietly with yourself and you think of all the things you wanted to be. So like when I was five, I wanted to be this. When I was 10, I wanted to be this. When I was 15, I wanted to be this. When I was 20, I wanted to be this. And you said you wanted to be a criminal defense attorney. Yeah. You make people look good. Wow. You represent people and you make them look good. So you're doing what you wanted to do just in a different way. And you're on the right path. And the reason the doors open so easy for you is because this is your, de your destiny. And this is why you're so dynamic, because now I feel like I want to cry. <laughs> I want to cry too. Listen to your story. That's like the fourth or fifth time I've heard it because I always make you tell everyone it because I love to hear it. But like that is like so, ah, uh, I loved it. Like while I was listening, I was like writing all this stuff down. I also wrote down, you have so many seasons of your career. And right now, if you're listening to this, um, right now we're in the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and some people aren't coming back to hair. Some people aren't, you know, confident that they can recover from this. And I think that your story of how beautiful the beauty industry truly is and how many branches there are to grow, like your career has been dynamic. Like you've done everything. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. I, I think it is um, definitely about seasons and and understanding like, you know, sometimes you don't know where things are taking you, but it's, it's just taking you there and you have to go with it and figure out an opportunity. And recently I took a leadership class and they said, how do you want to come out of COVID? Do you want to come out of COVID 
feeling like defeated or sad or frustrated? Or do you want to come out thriving? And that is the mentality that I've had that I want to come out thriving. And so what does that mean to me? That means that I have to, you know, work more strategic or work harder or look at new ideas or help people or so that's been my mentality through covid is just i want to i'm going to come out thriving no matter which way it turns i'm going to come out thriving and that's just been my mentality i love that and what what i wrote letting go of jobs because you owned a salon and closing my salon and i talk about it all the time openly like this shit is like my therapy here but like i talk about all the time it was hard to close that chapter and walk away. It seems like you've had so many seasons that you don't really like, um, I'm sure that leaving jobs and leaving people affects you. I'm sure you're like a human, all of those things. But when do you know is the right time to move on? Like when does Cynthia know like, hey, it's time to move on? It's a great question. It's almost like when you're driving and the gas, the gas light comes on that you're almost out of gas. You feel it internally right so internally you're like you know i think my time is done here and i think life is chapters right and some people i mean i know some people that have the same job for 30 40 years that's awesome or maybe the same salon or the same corporate job and um back to my mentor uh tony wells she always taught me do you have 20 years experience or 20 years the same year and so that always uh, connected with me because, yeah, totally. It connected with me because I've always felt like, no, I want 20 years experience. I want to do the same year over and over again, right? And so I'm always, um, you know, pushing myself and it's scary. And whenever I'm scared, it's the best thing ever. And I'll, I'll give you a really good example. Um, there's been so many times in my life I've been so scared, scared shitless. And uh, one time was as a distributor, we were working with um, Aloxy. So people might know um, Aloxy. Aloxy hair color had just launched um, to Southern California and uh, owned by George Schaefer. And we were the, one of the new, and we were a tiny distributor. Like people didn't even know our name and we had very, um, you know, boutique brands. So we were trying to launch a distributorship plus you know, sell hair color in, in, the, in California. And George Schaefer, AKA billionaire, um, wanted me to write a business plan on how I was gonna market um, hair color in California. And so I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> a billionaire wants me to tell him how to market, like that was like the biggest, um, you know, I don't even know the word. It was like this biggest uh, challenge that I had to um, take like handle. So I wrote this huge marketing plan, you know, coming from my perspective and sitting in this meeting, first of all, I didn't sleep. I was like, I think I have the Gina Bianca syndrome, right? Like we're just like on it working, like trying to make it perfect and amazing. And I went into the meeting and- So accurate. Yeah. So I go into the meeting and I'm like, listen, and I have this philosophy too. If I give my best effort and it doesn't work, then I give my, that's okay. Because I gave my best effort. That's what I can give. But if I half-ass it or don't give my full effort, then there's a problem, right? So I go to this meeting and I'm like, okay, give my best effort. And uh, the outcome of that was he loved it and he wanted to continue with us being the distributor and it was amazing. And I literally, uh, I, I, I was amazing. Everybody in that room were millionaires besides 
it was a billionaire, millionaires, and then there was me, you know? And so I um, got to my car afterwards, we were having dinner and I got to my car and I remember just bawling, just crying. And again, next level stuff, right? So every time I face those fears or accept those challenges, I get like, it's amazing on the other side. I agree. And working with Joyco, I have to say, has been one of the most challenging things I've done as an artist, like, cause I work for myself. So working for a brand and like the expectations and just like the workload, all of those things, it's a lot of pressure and they've thrown things at me where I literally don't know if I can do it. And when I do it and accomplish it, I feel like on top of the world. And it's that growth feeling and you hate it during it. You're like, I fucking hate this. Like, I can't believe I have to do this. This is so much work or whatever. And not just, not Joyco in general, just anything. Like in those moments yeah. when you're like growing or if you're doing the things that you don't want to do or the little things that make it like, it's not yeah. that enjoyable sometimes, but at the end of it, when you can look back, like they say, it's all about the climb. And if you're mm -hmm. driven by certainty, you miss out. You'll stay at the job that you hate just to be certain. So leaning into that uncertainty, variety, fear, and growth, like that's where you get the, that growth. I love that, Cynthia. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, I have a question for our um, audience. Two questions. You represent influencers. You know about influencers. Can you give us like what you think or the advice you would give, what makes a successful influencer that people want to buy from, that people follow, that people respect, look up to, and continue to support? What makes a good influencer? Uh, what makes a good influencer is being honest and human. And I'll give you a really good example. And if anybody, if you don't follow her already, you have to check her out. Her name is Danny Austin, D-A-N-I Austin. And um, we work with Danny Austin right now. She has over 600,000 followers. And she is probably the most dynamic person that I know on social. And I'll tell you why. Because she is human. She wears her hair in a top knot and it's not perfect and she's real. And if you look at her story, she does about a hundred stories a day. She shows her, her, her dog and her husband and her life and, and during that process, she shares the products that she loves, right? And so all of a sudden you're watching Danny's stories. And again, just side note, our, it's important to look outside of our industry and not just within beauty, but outside of our industry to see like what to strive next to be. But one of the cool things Danny does, you'll be watching, matter of fact, that's why I bought these glasses, because I was watching her stories and she was talking about these blue anti-blue glasses and how they help your eye, da, da, da. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I need them. And then there's a swipe up to buy them and she earns a commission, right? And so <clears throat> she is probably one of the most dynamic influencers I know. Her grid is perfect. So all the pictures are there, beautiful, perfect, strategic, but her stories is where she lives and everything that's her human side. And um, I think that's important to be honest and human and vulnerable and put yourself out there. Many people are hesitant um, to put, and I find like I'm a perfectionist and I find perf perfected like-minded people are like, oh my goodness, I don't know, the lighting's not right. I don't know if my background's right, the hair's not right. So sometimes we just have to like let go and let be and put yourself out there. 
I 100% agree. And when it comes to doing my online classes, like you have no idea I did this. You do have an idea. You're just me and you are so yeah. similar. I won't even say you have no idea to you, honestly, <laughs> we're so similar, but I did my um, consultation presentation and it's a five hour class. Okay. I didn't like the color, like the, the presentation was too yellow. Like I want to do black with a hint of yellow, not yellow with a hint of black girl. I almost redid the whole thing and it was five hours of recording for one small change that nobody is gonna care about. And I almost halted all of my work and added an additional, like, so much time. And it's, you know what? Nobody cares. Like, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's good to take pride in your work. It's good to have things just right, but don't let being perfect stop you. It's like, not worth yeah. it. It's, it's just, if you want, if you want to take a leap to like, if you want to do the post and it doesn't work, you can always archive it. You know, if you want to put yourself out there as an educator, if you mess up a few words or if you drop your comb or something like that, like you don't have to be perfect. And people like it if you're not perfect. They don't like to feel like they can't relate to you anyway. Right. It's totally relatable. And again, going back to Danny Austin, she was doing a story and then like she was showing this product and then the pop, the top like blew off and she like laughed, picked up and was like, oh, well, like you have to add like humor into that as well. And I think that's important for people. To me, she's like the QVC of Instagram, right? It's like whatever she says, you're, you feel so related to her that you want to buy it. But one of my old um, CEOs, Murad Zahabian, when I was a, a distributor working for him, um, one of the, he taught me many great things. So one of the great things he taught me was to just do it. And so many times, like old Cynthia before him, would everything need to be perfect? Agenda or, you know, whatever. Everything need to be perfect. And he's like, no, you need to just do it. And that's exactly how I run my business. I, I don't even have a business card. Like, I, don't, I didn't have a logo until last year. <laughs> and I've been in business for almost, I think it's like four and a half years. And I just jumped in. And I think that's what's important. So many times you want to like the perfect logo and the perfect this and that, that's great. But you need to jump in. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Another thing is, is like for a stylist who wants to get new clients, a lot of people are afraid to go hand out a business card because maybe they don't look perfect, but you know what I mean? Like you could be missing out on the perfect client. Yeah. Because you just, and it, it's just anything like you have to, I love it. Just do it. And it's freaking Nike, you guys. Like we hear it every single day, but like some of the life lessons that people talk about and the biggest things can be boiled down to just freaking do it. And a good example for hairdressers would be to, you have a client, client calls in and they're like, oh, can I get a balayage? You've never done a balayage before, but you're like, are you going to say A, oh, sorry, I don't do balayage. Or are you going to say B, perfect, let's set your appointment up in two weeks. And then that two weeks, you're going to learn balayage. So you, you have to just do it and jump in and, and not like just wait and wait and wait. Yeah, I also read something that said the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people are that successful people make the time to learn if they don't know. So like if it's like, oh, I have to build a website. I don't know how to do that. Oh, well. <laughs> or they say I have to build a website. I don't know how to do that. Okay, Monday at three o'clock, I'm going to YouTube how to build a website. And that's how you move along. And I always tell people, Google it. And it's yeah. it may come off mean, but like ask God, ask Google, then ask me, you know what I mean? That because I built awesome. my whole business on Google and like Facebook and asking the internet. So, yep. and we have so much today. 
Yeah, we do. And that's exactly how I build, how I trained myself, because many times I would um, learn like, well, how do we do this? How do we get no page breaks in a caption? And I would Google it and I would find something that would work or didn't work or the algorithm would change and then we'd shift. And then so everything is, you know, it's learned behavior. Yeah, right? tweak and go, tweak and go, tweak and go. Yep. It's business. I have another question for you. What? So you work with Joyco. And you've worked with these brands on social, like you're like the queen of social, like you know exactly what they're looking for. So if our listeners are like, I want to get featured with a brand, I want to work with a brand, I want to move into that, how can they get noticed? Well, I'm so glad you asked me this question because there's so many times. So every day, um, myself and my team, um, and there's seven of us total in Saga House, we are looking for what we call UGC, which is user generated content. Okay, that's a key key word. We're looking for for other hairstylists to repost their work on the brand's page, and many times we'll find that one shot, and we're like, "Oh, this is amazing! This is going to go viral." <clears throat> and we click on it. We click on the tags, and they tag like every single hair color company. So we don't know. Did they use 100% Joico? If they didn't, we can't use them. So we skip it. Right. And so we're not going to go to them and say, uh, can you like, which color line do you use? We just skip and go. There's so many, we're going through hundreds and hundreds. I should probably say thousands and thousands of pictures. Right. Yeah. There's no um, time. How can you ask? So my advice to a hairdresser, whichever brand that you represent, stick to that brand and tag them and maybe alter, maybe use two brands. So maybe one is Joico. Then what I would do is make that post all about Joico, tag us, tag Joico, tag Joico Intensity, and then the other post can be whatever else you use, but you'll increase your odds of getting reposted other than just tagging everything. And the reason why hairdressers do that is because they tag all the brands in hopes that they would like it and then eventually repost it. But for us as manufacturers, we, we can't repost something that's uh, competitive. So they think by tagging more, it's going to increase their probability. But in fact, it decreases their probability. So the question we're going to get from this or the argument is, well, I don't use just one thing. So if you, if you use multiple things, use it for focused posts. And if you really did want to work for a brand or be an influencer, that's what you'd have to do anyway. You can't be using 40 different things and posting and saying, this is Joyco. This is not Joyco. It has to be honest and true. So it, it is is like if that's a goal that you have something to consider yeah and same thing with when you look at american salon modern salon behind the chair if you post all of them and they're also looking for ugc they're going to assume that modern salon or the opposite company is going to repost you so they're not going to repost you because they don't want to post the same thing so what they do is they look for people who only post their brand so if that's modern btc and then increases your odds so I would say that's a huge one is definitely, you know, who are you tagging? Be like strategic with your tags. And I would say the next thing that is a huge deal breaker, again, sometimes we'll find the perfect shot and we're like, this is amazing. And <clears throat> in the background are the competitive products. So maybe you used all of Joico and you tagged only Joico, but in the back, I can see your retail display of every other brand. I can't repost you. So it's paying attention to your tags, paying attention to your surroundings. And I would say it's so funny. People don't even know that this one exists. 
but how many times have you ever like everybody puts a hair tie on their on their wrist right i mean i do it all the time i throw my hair up put on a hair tie so many times there's a hair tie when there's hands in hair when people have their hands up we will not repost when we see a, a hand tie on a wrist so these little things like everything else could be perfect but if we see a scrunchie or a hair tie we have to skip it so this is a great i'm so glad you asked this question because there's so many times i want to dm the hairstyles and say you're amazing could you like take out the scrunchies and it's like nobody asked so you can't really just go in and be coaching <laughs> yeah, people sometimes I, I do that only to my mastermind people but my mastermind people will post something and i'll dm them and be like hey do this and it will be better like one of my girls just posted a really good tutorial but um she could have added music and it would have been like she could charge for this video. That's how mm -hmm. good it was. And, uh, but because there was no music, it just kind of sounded like an echo and it just made it like not as good. So I DM'd her and she was like, oh my God, thank you so much for telling me. I'm like, oh, you're welcome, but I'm glad she liked that. Like we can't be just DMing people, giving yeah. you advice. Nobody asked. So this is yep. really good advice, you guys. So tagging exclusive brands, um, mindful of your background, mindful of your surroundings, no hair ties or, would you take a cute <laughs> scrunchie? Um, once in a while, maybe once in a while, maybe if everything else is blended and it looks perfect. And then <clears throat> I'm going to say another one, which would be <clears throat> lighting. Lighting is so important that you, again, you can have the perfect color, but it looks dark and grainy or it doesn't pop. And I always tell people, if you go to Instagram's feed, if you go to like where you can, where all your feed populates, populates everything there is bright and brilliant. So are your posts bright and brilliant? Otherwise it's not going to go viral. Like, have you ever seen a grainy picture go viral? It doesn't happen. So I would just say, pay attention to your lighting and your background. I mean, I have like a list of like 25,000 things, so I'll stop there. But I would say, pay attention to your lighting and your backgrounds as well. That's such good advice, Cynthia. Amazing. Um, those are the questions that I have for you. And I think that that adds so much value. And now I want you to take it and tell us about Saga House. And what do you guys Ooh, offer? Saga House. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I think of Saga House like, you know, when those days in the salon where you're so booked and at the end of the day, maybe you come home and somebody asks you, maybe it's your child or your husband husband or your partner and they say can you give me a haircut and then you're like really I just worked all day I'm not gonna do any more haircuts right I kind of feel like that about saga sometimes that I work on Instagram literally like sometimes it's 17 hours um, sometimes it's 13 I think I average like 12 hours a day on social that at the end of the day I don't give like my saga any love um because i'm um helping everybody get the love right so that's like my goal so when a hairdresser's like i'm so busy i don't have time and i'm like i got you i understand um so saga house is an agency that represents uh celebrities and um, athletes influencers and brands and again the brands uh, are not just beauty they're, they're also beyond beauty and um, what we do is we help so many different levels sometimes it's actually taking over an account and doing their posting and their planning and their captions and i would say that's like full force management and sometimes it's just coaching so sometimes with the celebrities they want to post to their audience which is awesome but it's the communication of this if we're like okay which picture which video which caption how do we optimize it with the hashtags 
Um, and then we go in and communicate with their audience. And so it just varies. Um, but recently, well, usually like I teach all around the globe um, social media, which is one of my favorite, favorite things to do. And after every single, and I really, I like to say I specialize in hairdressers, but uh, teaching hairdressers. And I'll tell you quickly why. Because I've always felt like every time I go to a hair show, and there, I go to a Instagram class or a social media class. There's like this amazing panel of um, speakers, and there's um, sometimes I'll see somebody raise their hand, and they're like, "So, how do you post? Or what's a DM?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, they don't know! Like, there's so many people that don't know, and who's teaching them?" So that's my goal, is to teach um, people who don't know, and people who kind of know, and people who really know. <laughs> but um, usually after I teach, uh, I'll, I'll have people DM me or come up to me and say, can you help me? Or can you help me with social? Can you help manage my class? And I'm thinking like, how do I make this affordable for the hairdresser? And so recently we just launched a, co a social coaching program where to make it again, especially in this time with COVID, um, very affordable for the hairdresser. So it's $125 an hour, and you can pick one hour a month or a thousand hours a month. And you can sit with myself or with one of our Saga House team members and go through your own account, one-on-one. One -on -one. And so many times people just want me to look at their phone and just say like, how's my bio? How's my, why am I not getting likes? What can I do? And have that one-on-one -on -one, like session with us. So we're excited about that because I feel like we can reach more hairstylists one-on-one -on -one versus just like in a presentation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's amazing. And I've uh, had such a great experience working with you. I definitely, like, I call it buying back your time. So for me, I was spending so much time organizing, planning, and strategizing that, like, I wasn't having a lot of time to create. Like, I was reposting a lot of the same stuff. Like, I didn't have time to actually, like, do really good hair, write really good captions, and do a lot of things because it was just so much time. Now I'm able to focus on my creation and the content, actually instead of organizing and doing everything. And you guys have helped me so much with that. So it's definitely worth the time, definitely worth the money. And if you guys are finding, especially like I know a lot of different, I, I know a lot of different people listen to this podcast. If you're at the level where social is driving you nuts and you need help, this is your girl. Mm, thank you, Gina. Cool. I, I, yeah, feel well, like, I, love you. I feel like you and I were like Kobe and Shaq. Like, I feel like, you know, we pass each other the ball kind of deal in the sense that again, I learned so much from you too. And what does that mean? Like your, your captions are so informative and real and helpful that to me, you do the best captions that I've ever read. My and God, thank you. I really try. I love writing. 100%. And I love that you, you know, just give that. So I think that, yeah, you drive, you know, write the caption out. Those are your words. It's you. It's still your account, right? And then we take that and your images and then we just optimize it and we, we align it and we hashtag it and then we connect with people. And so it's, um, you know, a good, a good balance. And yeah. And it's, you know, you, it, you can't do it all. Like I can't do it all. Like I can't create and do new, new, new and, and deliver, deliver, deliver if I have all of these things. And sometimes you have to delegate and it's great that you have a company that can be trusted to do it. Cause like, I never thought I'd hand over anything on my Instagram ever. I was just yeah. like, uh -uh, uh -uh. but it's me. 
Like I feel it it is me. So it it feels good. And it's great that you have that balance. So I'm glad that you could join us on the podcast, Cynthia. Can you tell us how we can find you, how everybody can follow you and any last things that you want to add? Um, yeah, so you can go to Saga, so S-A-G-A dot H-A-U-S, which by the way, Saga are my children's initials, which also means like next chapter in your life, right? And when I first started the company, people so would, dope. yeah, they'd go like, oh, are we going to the Saga house? And I'm like, yeah, come over, right? And so then it, tra- it went from Saga Consulting to Saga house. So that just, so it, people were like, how did you get that name? Um, so you can do that at Saga House. Um, you can also uh, email me. So it's Cynthia, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A at sagahouse.com. And I just want to just say some closing words. Um, one of my favorite books, because I love what you share, always share stuff with me too, Gina, what you're reading. Uh, one of my favorite books, and I've actually bought it twice and I, and I have notes all over it. It's called The Power of Focus by Jack Canfield. And in that book, it speaks about you know, doing like looking, making a list of like what you do best and then what you're struggling with and then hiring people to do that. So, and and then in the book he states, okay, so you're saying, but I don't have the money to hire somebody. Right. And then he's like, yeah, but if you hired somebody at four hours um, a week at, you know, just pretend in California minimum wage is $11, $11 an hour. And they did your finances or accounting or whatever that thing is that you are like, don't want to do then what is that? Like, you know, 60 bucks and you can have somebody else go and help you. So I highly recommend that book, Power of Focus for those perfectionists and people who need need some love out there. Yeah, and remember what you're good at and buy back your time. The power of buying back your time so you could focus on what you're gifted at is gonna be where you take it from like to the next level, totally. Awesome. Well, this was a great interview. It added so much value. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you you for having me. You're amazing. My pleasure. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast.